Well, we're back with another episode of Doable Discipleship, brought to you by the Spiritual Maturity Team here at Saddleback Church. I'm Doug Jones, and I'm joined again by our good friend, Rob Jacobs. How Thanks, brother. Doing? Glad to Excited be Excited about today? Yes, absolutely. Well, you haven't shut up about it, so I bet you are. <laughs> Let's uh, get into it. Today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be in community. And uh, I know from personal experiences, I think you do too, that um, who we're surrounded by is one of the most important factors and has this really shaping influence on who we become in Christ. Yes, absolutely. It really causes us to mature. Yeah, and, and in, a, in, a very sen- in a true sense, it's almost impossible to really grow into the life that Jesus wants us to have without being surrounded by fellow sisters yeah. and brothers in Christ. And that's a key part of Saddleback Church. When we think about the habits that we focus on, and you learn about this in Class 201, one of the habits we'd like to talk about is team. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with people, some fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in a small group that you can grow to maturity in with and together. Yeah. So today we're going to be joined, before we get any deeper into this, we're going to be joined by our good friend, uh, the uh, membership pastor of Saddleback Church, and just an all-around small groups guru. He's a legend. Yeah, he's he really legend. is. I think Rick's called him the small groups pope, which is he's, saying a, a ton. That's a ton. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be joined by our good friend, Steve Gladen. Stick with us. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Steve Gladen. Miraculously, I'm Thanks here. for being here. Shazam. And he I wasn't here, but <laughs> Steve, can you tell us a little bit about what you do here at Saddleback? Yeah. Um, so been on staff since early, early 1998. So it's been a fun 19-plus uh, year run. Wow. Uh, been one of the few that's can stayed consistent with groups being the main thing that uh, I've got to do at Saddleback yeah. throughout uh all, all the couple of decades, and then started with you know with 101, and then went over to your guys' hood of 201. Yes. Uh, small groups you was on it its own, <laughs> and I, yeah, and, and I, actually it was like this isn't a fit. Uh, <laughs> and now back uh, back at 101, uh, doing more of the centralized stuff, and then a few years back, um, uh, Rick uh, was setting up some elders and got to be one of those. So yeah. hanging out, uh, you know, just keeping some of the values a little bit pure as we're expanding to so many different campuses. Right, right. Yeah. So important, right? To yep. keep the values, keep the mission and the vision. Yeah, and because drift, you know, in all of our lives, drift is a constant. And so, and we t- tend to drift away versus towards. Uh, so yeah. not, that, try, not trying to work your guys' side. Yeah, and, and that's actually, that's, it, actually, segue, yeah. it actually ties in exactly what we're talking about. Because, you know, you can't drift into discipleship. You can't yeah. drift into yeah. maturity. You have to design it. And just like Pastor Rick has designed the five purposes that create the purpose-driven life and create the purpose-driven church, Yep. that... You know that you know you you help oversee one of those, and as an elder, help to you know make sure that we're maintaining those things. It's all yeah. by design, and yeah. it's you know God's designed these systems, and we have these church systems as well. And you just don't drift into this stuff. Yeah, yeah, very good. That's great. That's great. Rob, start us off. What's that first question? Well, we we've heard Pastor Rick talk many times, right, Steve, about how you mm. need to be in a group, and and we talk about you know you look at Mark three fourteen where Jesus. One of the first things he does as he enters ministries is he calls this group of guys yeah. to be around him. Yeah. And we, we say all the time, we are a church of small groups. We are not just a church with small groups. So just talk a little bit about how important groups are to the life of growing us in Christ and us growing in maturity and, and what it means to us to be in group. You know, it's uh, not to get too groupish on you, but there's usually, you know, some uh, preposition phrases that, that are there. And you're right. It's you can either have the church of small groups, uh, a church with small groups and the church is small groups hmm. and we're clearly not a house church where it's just you know it's all about the group 
uh, and we're not the opposite side where it's just, you know, it's, you know, hey, if it's one of those things you want to do, which would be a church with small groups, but Saddlebeck's a church of small groups because, uh, as you know, Rick has masterfully helped us see that when Jesus was on this planet, he, uh, you know, he sum he summarizes vision and mission through the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, and that's where we get our five biblical purposes here at Saddleback. Where it, it's in the church, it's in the group, and it's in the in the life. And but when you look at the New Testament, when the church was when well, first off, when Jesus was leaving this planet, and he was going to help us navigate this broken world until he comes back again. And you know, we're all saying, please now. Uh, but you know, when he when he did that, he gave us two things. He gave us the Holy Spirit in John 14, and then he gave us the church in Acts chapter two. And when the church got birthed, it was clear that, you know, the front half of Acts two is temple courts, the back half is house to house. Mm. And when you start to to see how God designed the church, each one of them have great uh, investments that they do into the believer's life and how they become a follower of Christ and how they can navigate this planet. Right. And, you know, when we look at the Great Commission, I mean, when we look at the uh, temple courts, when we look at house to house, you know, it, it's clear that, you know, they gravitate towards certain nuances where um, the temple courts uh, will focus a little bit more towards the head. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. You got to do that. The house to house will focus a little bit more towards the heart. Or temple courts is a little bit more towards information, where uh, house to house is a little bit more towards application, mm, seeing it okay. seeing it take root and being done with that. Or you know, it's it's more uh, you know seeing you know when you're in the temple courts, you tend to be in rows, and when you're in house to house, you tend to be more in circles. Mm. So you can have conversations, whereas in temple courts, it's about the presentation. So it, you start to see both are very very important to having doable discipleship, but that you need to see that both play a dynamic role in how you actually do the things that Christ wants us to do. Right, and so the group part of it, that's where we're learning to kind of express and live out the things that we're learning in the temple courts. Like, So we're explained the purposes in a sense, and then that moves down, and you know, one of the things we do uh, we'll explain it really in detail in class, right? Yeah. So we're we're, we're exposed to them, and through Rick's message in the temple yeah. courts, we're explaining it in class. But then this idea of expressing the purposes in our lives, and maturity is one of those, obviously, but yeah. expressing all these purposes in group and the power of that. Yeah, yeah because I'm like you guys. I mean, we're, we're there every weekend. Yeah. And we realize as we start to dialogue with people on the patio, when we see them at campuses, uh, you know, no matter what campus you're at, we tend to know more than we put into action. Mm-hmm. And so how do we how do we take those steps of saying, you know, every time a group says, you know, hey, what's the next study I can do? I was like, did you did you put into practice anything from the yes. last one? Yes. So you said doable it, discipleship right on the head. I mean that that's when we talked about that in our intro, we had a clip from Rick actually and he talked about it's not enough to just know yeah. or even enough to just believe, but we've got to do that we're commanded yeah, to not just do. know and believe, but to also do live of the out word, the truth. Right? And Doers I find it's word. it's true with me too. I mean I've been a pastor since nineteen eighty Doug, were you even born then? 82? 
Uh, don't answer. Don't yeah, answer. You don't want the answer. <laughs> I, I don't want the answer. But the, but the thing is, that I realize that even though I'm a pastor, I'm called and I'm, I'm immersed in all this. Yeah. You know the the day to day application of how how that plays out uh, in my everyday life is so. Uh, it can get convoluted sometimes the wrong way and get yeah. too complex and yes. realizing it's in those simple things that discipleship can play out that, mm-hmm. you know, make Christ have a smile on his face and says, hey, way to go. Yeah. I've heard you say before, and I think Pastor Rick has said it a bunch as well, that small groups gives you a place where you can actually do the five purposes. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a venue, and, and we get that a lot from the one and others that we find, especially in the New Testament. We're commanded to do all these things that we simply cannot do. We cannot even live a life of obedience to Christ fully yeah. if we're not within the context of Christian community. Right. Yeah, great commandment, right? Yeah. How, right? How do you, how do you exactly. love others without you can't others? Do the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's in that community. I mean, you know, Rick is masterful saying, you know, you look at the 58 one and others and you mm-hmm. can't do them in isolation. Right. And in, in isolation, it's easy to be loving in isolation. Yeah. It's when you've got to <laughs> yeah. be with people and be loving. It's easy yeah. to be patient in isolation. But right. when you're when you're with that, and the thing I love about our church is this that you know, and Rick, you know, hammers this in one one. He says, you know, we're not built as a governmental system. We're not mm-hmm. built as a corporate system. We're not built on a school system. We're built on a family system. Right. And when you start to look at the highest qualification for us as pastors, it, you know, in Timothy, Paul says, you know, can you run your family? Well, why is that so important? Well, because it's on a family system. And when you start to look at discipleship and you understand, okay, I want to look at my family, whether I realize it or not, when we brought kids into this planet, we are discipling them towards something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, but, you know, and part of the beauty of Saddleback and the systems that Rick has put in place is that, you know, you have to be intentional on how you raise your kid in a family system. You also have to be intentional on how you raise yourself as a disciple and you raise them as a disciple. Mm -hmm. And the thing I love at Saddleback is that, you know, there's an old saying that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Well, it takes a village to raise, you know, a disciple. And that's where in community that you have people that are playing off of you and not only giving you the the reactive care that you need. Because the beauty about community is that when you're going through a tough time, my father-in-law is on the verge of dying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our group is there for us. Our group is helping us make sense of a senseless, you know, issue that we're going through. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not the reactive of just the care, the loving, you know, you know, who are we going to go to have a birthday party with? You know, we're going to do it with our group. You know, we're, you know, March Madness is is birthday time in our small groups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not basketball, but um, but it's also the proactive, and that's what I love of where you guys are engaging us on is is because you know it's the proactive part that we we learn to fellowship and have the authentic authenticity we need. Mm-hmm. We learn that discipleship is just not cognitive; it's actually applying it to the other purposes yes, that that Rick has done. It's serving. Point. It's a you know doing evangelism. It's how do we worship, and you know it's it's such a um, it's like if you don't parent, you are relinquishing your parenting to somebody else. Yeah, and, and someone so, will fill that vacuum, and somebody will. Yeah, and so the same thing with discipleship. You want to make sure it's there. So, yeah. a, a, a very long dialogue. I don't know how we got yeah, on it, but the, the importance of community helping keep those the the process in place that you're 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 focusing towards what you're yeah. you're wanting to do. I'm hearing you saying it's it's a uh, groups help you turn the corner from. 
knowable discipleship to doable discipleship yeah. from from information like you said in the large group gathering to application actually living these purposes out um yeah. I, I everything you've said has been so good uh, i know from personal experience that um, my small group has helped me to uh has really shaped my future and shaped my destiny is a word rick sometimes uses yeah. shaped the direction of my life can you talk about i mean you've you've been doing this for a while and you've you've been intimately involved in the small groups of saddleback church yeah. now for for quite a while can you talk about how you've seen that play out over the years how people are shaped by their group well uh, yeah i mean it's just so you know again when there's um it, it's like again in a family system it's like you know how are your kids shaped from not only mom and dad but other people but it's the same way of being able to say when you're in community with people they give you such a different vantage point of who you are as yeah. a follower of Christ and and it's one thing you know for for Lisa you know we've been married 28 years she is constantly giving me one perspective of my of my uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure she's giving you uh, one yeah. perspective. the list is ongoing <laughs> yeah. I feel she gets exhausted you know keeping me on track yeah. but it's also uh you know sometimes you hear from other people the same thing but it, it takes root a little bit deeper okay. and you know with our group it's just been fun when you're when you're having discussions or you know when you're doing parties or when you're doing you know something at the peace center or something like that that there's always these little opportunities for for you know God to shape a conversation or to put you in a context that you can hear it a little bit different that you can go you know it did the holy spirit along with your group it just makes for an environment that you start to see a little bit deeper who you need to become a, as a follower of Christ, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and it's just and it's it's no one holding you to task like, hey, you said you were going to do this, this, and this, and you didn't do that. But it's just the process of being with each other and speaking one to another. And a lot yeah. of times, you find out that you have a greater impact on people than you ever realized. Mm. Where they'll be in group and say, I need to be this because you did that, and you're like going, oh, I didn't even know I was doing that. Yeah. So, but it's a it's a powerful time of just. Uh, the body of Christ being there and also being there in a time of grace because the longer your groups are together, the more, the deeper your fellowship goes where sometimes the bumps that life brings, you can bring them more front and center, yeah. whether it's in your marriage or whether it's with your kids or whether it's with, you know, just, you know, uh, an issue you're going through at work. It's an opportunity to to just, you know, throw it out on the table there and just say, you know, I'm broken and how can I make this better? Yeah. That's yeah. great. I think one of the things like <clears throat> we think about as people are growing in Christ and they, they want to move into this area of like, oh, I want to be a very deeply spiritual person. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us are looking for this Yoda type person, you know, who's, you know, we got to go climb the mountain. And really at Saddleback, one of the things we talk about is this idea of having just a spiritual friend. Um, this this spiritual partner in your group, yeah, and this and I love how we we make everything simple, right? Just these three simple questions, right? Who are you? How are you? And how can I help? And how much actual maturity and growth can come from having someone in your group who's just asking you these three questions? Yeah, and the other thing I love going is when it moves from just those questions to it's it's someone that you're already hanging with deeper, where it, it's not the formal, you know. Who are you? Yeah, you know, Rob. Who are you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know it, but it's it's going to the, this process of being able to say, just through your discussions, 
you start to unveil just a little bit more with you. There's, you know, somebody in, in our group that, you know, uh, even this morning is just sitting, you know, it's, it's, I call it my therapy session because, you know, I just, you know, you know, before I get to work, you know, it's, we just, we just download with each other, but yeah. it's, it's not because it's forced. It's not because it's set up, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where he's just willing to partner with me and I'm able to unload into saying, here's what I am going through right now. Yeah. And, and granted, it didn't start out like that. But, you know, the questions are a way to steer you towards a way of saying, who would you want to have these conversations with? Because, you know, God knows where your issues are. The enemy knows where your issues are and who on this planet can you get together with right. so you can have that first yeah. John one right. nine saying, Hey, can I confess to you I'm an idiot? And yeah. you know, but you know, to have that safe zone inside the context of your group of being able to say, Hey, this is this is what I go through and you know, and it's part of what I love in our own group. No nobody calls me Pastor Steve. I'm sure they don't call you Pastor Rob at your group or Pastor <laughs> Doug. It's just like Hey, I know who you are. <laughs> I'm lucky yeah. if I get Doug. Yeah. Like, hey, ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's even that that idea of just, you know, that confessing our sins to one another, right? It's not so much like coming in saying, oh, here's a list of all the things I've yeah. done, but really just being mm-hmm. open to another person and saying, I need you to know everything about me, you know? And yeah. Um, yeah, we know our identities are in Christ, but it's having that person who can get into us in a deep level and have that accountability and that friendship. And, yeah. and like and you said, thing. it takes time to get there, but you get to a place, and I, I've seen this in my group too, where you mm. you you reach a place where the culture of your group is a culture that doesn't allow for dishonesty anymore. Yeah, because it's just it's so it's it becomes an expectation in your group that you share. Yeah. You're honest with what you're going through, and it's through that that you experience the healing. And sometimes the accountability is what's needed. Sometimes it's just encouragement that's needed. But you can get it all in a group. And and you may I think for a lot of our people they may not get that anywhere else. Yeah, there may not be any other relationships in their life that give them that kind of focused spiritual attention but groups at saddleback and and largely thanks to you are built to do exactly that and to help people become not just know not just believe but to become something over time yeah because you know in our you just look at marriage you you know rick is classically saying you can't take two imperfect people and have a perfect marriage right you can't have a bunch of imperfect kids and have a perfect family And, and you need those places where you can just say you know we're hitting a bump or we're having a tough time. You know, in our own group, we've seen, we've seen marriages, you know, drift and come back together and be stronger than they were before. We've had kids that have gone off the reservation and mm-hmm. kids that, you know, uh, you know, that, you know, are in that process. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the part where we're, we're just in a broken world. And the more we can say our titles don't mean anything, but we're followers of Christ. And, Another phrase, I hate to keep on saying Rickism after Rickism, but you know, it says, you know, at the cross, the ground is level. And that's what the beauty when you come into group, you know, you know, you know, my marriage has great days and my marriage has tough days. You know, my kids have great days and they have tough days. But the thing I love about the community is being able to say, you can rejoice when, you know, something's going on great in the midst of even at the same group meeting. You're crying because someone's having the tough piece, but it can yeah. be together. Man, That's five true. more Rickisms just came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll slow up on yeah. that train, you know. <laughs> let's, let's, can we talk about the five purposes real yeah, quick? I, I would love to touch on that a little bit because obviously our church is built upon that. That's what purpose-driven means is to balance yeah. those five purposes. And we've touched on how uh, a small group allows you and gives you a venue to start living those out. But can you talk us through um, the five purposes and how you see those playing out and helping people become that fully devoted or healthy follower of Jesus? Uh, individual or on the group side of it? Uh, 
I would say do either one. Okay. Whichever, well, I mean, first, you know, just, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on them both, but I mean, I, uh, you know, from both angles, but you know, obviously first we have fellowship and the thing that we, we love at Saddleback is that until fellowship is deep, you can't start to really build in discipleship mm-hmm. because in order to speak the truth into somebody's life, and you think of parenting the same way, in order to speak truth into somebody's life, it's got to be built on a platform of trust. And the only way you have trust is if you spend time together. Mm. And the same thing, so when you're raising your kids, you want to speak truth and say, well, do they trust you? Mm. Uh, And the only way they're going to trust you is if you spend enough time with them. So the thing that I I, I love about fellowship is spend time together. There's the formal time of your group meeting and the informal. The formal is when our group gets together Friday nights. But the informal time is, you know, we've been to kids' outings, we've been together, we go out to dinner, we party, we celebrate, and we do all kinds of crazy things. Mm-hmm. But the the fe- part about fellowship is the visual is like an iceberg. It's where in an iceberg, 20% is above the water, 80% is below the water. And so in fellowship, you're trying to say, how do I discover what's below the water? Mm-hmm. What's going to surprise me? What's going to make me happy? What am I going to be, you know, what are the broken pieces in all of our lives? So in, in the area of fellowship, you want to say... You know, how can I get to a place where authenticity is real? We always love to say in a group, you know, you've hit the peak of authenticity when you don't have to clean the house before people come over. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just yeah. get down to the grassroots, you know. It's a crack it up, you know. That's the litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this bag of chips is from last week. Yes. I saw you take the chip clip off the top. Uh, yeah. No way, no way. I opened it right away. Come on, look at that. The chip clip. That's the measure. Yeah. You got a chip clip. But, you know, so so there is the, the fellowship parts, and it has ways of, you know, transparent, and it builds over time you know just like you know you can you can discover that uh in the area of discipleship it's it's the cognitive virtues of what you know class 201 teaches us you know how how do we you know slay those giants that in in our context of a busy world that they you know everything tries to push your discipleship away from you but we've got to be cognitive and say okay how do we stay focused on that so mm-hmm. how do we learn those disciplines and how do we put them into practice and and how do we use the simple tools that our church has designed for us like drive time devotions where you, okay you can't do a quiet time you know just hit play exactly and it'll While come driving, to you yeah it'll yeah. come to you right now yeah. and so so you, you know the, the, there's a the discipleship and then there's the the serving part where you you discover when you became a follower of Christ, every one of us were given a spiritual gift. And and where are you volunteering at Saddleback? Because every one of us have a spiritual gift to give back to our campus, to to play in there and help out. And then we as a group get to serve. You serve our group or we serve the church, or there's there's ways that happen. And when our kids were younger, I mean, we all served each other, you know, yeah. as a group and helped out when the kids were in the frantic stages. And yeah. and now as they're moving towards the empty nester stage, we all are. It's just like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know, you know, what do we do now? <laughs> uh, but then in, in the area of evangelism, I, I love, you know, each one of us discovering personal, local, and globally. Mm-hmm. You know, who do we want to who do we want to bring to heaven with us? You know, uh, you know, every time we come up on a Christmas or an Easter, we're always thinking, you know, who can we invite? And we're always trying to say, you know, always in our mind, you know, just individually say, you know, who do I have a relationship with? Mm-hmm. Do I have a non-Christian that would call me a friend? 
And sometimes that's a, you know, that can be, you know, oh, I don't know if I know, even know yeah, it or not Christian, but, minute, but, yeah. but let even, you know, their friend, but also, you know, moving evangelism into the local and global peace areas that we have and being able to say, you know, as a group, you know, we'll have people that go that are the home team and people that are the away team that, that can do missions. And then, you know, worship is just, you know, learning what surrender and sacrifice is really all about. Romans 12, 1, how can we be a living sacrifice every day to worship God in the purest sense where the day is more about him than it is about me? Yeah. I mean, that that was a brief, you know, overview, yeah. but yeah, that was but but it's some some handles that you can put on in your own small group to say, you know, how can I how can I look at my group and really look at me and saying, you know, am I authentic? Yeah. Am I working on a spiritual discipline? You know, am I using my spiritual giftedness? Yeah. Do I care about people outside of me? <laughs> right. Am I am I Christian fiefdom and and then my Achilles heel? Am I surrendering and sacrificing to where God till it hurts? Hmm. Yeah. So wow. so there's this idea, and I'm gonna kinda combine two questions here in one. There's yeah. this idea that we, you know, we want to take people through this kind of progression of uh, moving through, uh, you know, like the classes, they, you know, that there's an order to that, right? We go 101 to 201 to 301 to 401. And you, and you see this kind of, uh, it's not a menu, it's a map really, right? Yeah, it's kind of where pathway, we want, yeah. where it's a pathway mm-hmm. where we want to grow in discipleship as well. And there's this idea around opportunity and risk and fear and faith in, in our groups and how we as followers, there's things we might want to step out to do. Like maybe, for example, I want to step out for the first time and take a retreat. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like, do, would I maybe do that more? Am I more likely to do that if I'm with a group of people? Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I really love to go serve in one of our peace centers and you know, be yeah. part of the food pantry. But maybe there's this thing where if I did it in a group, I'd be more willing to do that. Uh, talk about the idea of this idea of where we think about opportunity and risk, and then how that leads us into this thing that's very pervasive here at Subac, where we call the crawl, walk, run steps. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, I mean, you, you think of a family system, and if you've raised your kids at all, you know that they're going to gravitate a little bit more towards fear than taking a risk. And uh, I can remember when I was on uh, my cul-de-sac, I was doing a game with the kids, and and uh, we were doing charades, and I told uh, Erica, you know, my daughter, that you know she was going to be first. And she she tugged on my sleeve, and she goes, "Hey, Daddy, before we do the game, can I can I whisper something to you?" And she she whispered to me, she goes, "Give me an easy one." <laughs> and, uh, and and you know, you know, why would she do that? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, she didn't want to look, you know silly in front of her friends. She didn't want to fail in front of her friends. Yeah. Uh, she knew her dad was doing the game, so she didn't know what she'd do. And so, you know, I just gave her the word hippopotamus and uh, no, I didn't I did do that. I gave her bunny All rabbit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I did the bunny rabbit and she did that. But when you look at any opportunity that comes your way, when you're raising kids or when you're working on your own spiritual disciplines, whenever you come to an opportunity, you're either going to get paralyzed by fear or you're going to take the risk and when the risk is developmental which means it's as you said crawl walk or run when the when the risk step is developmentally to where i am at then i am more likely to take a risk than be paralyzed by fear and let's be clear you know we serve a living god but there is a living enemy that wants to not have you grow in any fashion discipleship is off of his 
You know, he does not want that on your menu system. And so uh, he is going to put fear in front of you all the time. And he's going to think, you know, when you're talking about doable discipleship, he's going to make you think the biggest, you know, I've got to quote the book of Revelation. That (laughs) is the win. When I can do that, I'm right there. But the fact that we want to do doable discipleship is that we want to we want to start with a crawl step, just like you do with your kids. You're giving them easy steps so that when they take the risk and they're successful, the natural byproduct is they their faith grows. Mm. And when their faith grows and the next opportunity comes along, they're more likely to take a risk than be paralyzed by fear. And maybe even a bigger one. Yeah, and, yeah, and maybe even you know take it up, take it up a notch or two. Yeah. Hopefully, that's what you want to see. Yeah. And when you look at the life of David, who you know God says he's close, closest to my heart. He was a man after my heart. When you look at that, and you can see the fault of David, or you can see the progression of David. And the first thing that God gave David in First Samuel seventeen to do was ten sheep. Mm. It was a very simple thing, and so he took the risk. He was faithful with that, and it built his faith. Well, then we see in Samuel 17, you know, uh, you know, a lion comes in, and he takes a risk, and he kills the lion, and it builds his faith. The next thing is a bear. Same thing happens. Well, then we see Goliath comes along. He's a teenager, so he takes a risk, and he kills Goliath, cuts his head off uh, because he's a teenager, and it builds <laughs> his faith. version, yeah. so excessive. Yeah. So excessive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But then the final step for David that we see is in Psalm 78, 70 through 72, when God moved David from pastoring sheep to pastoring the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And you you look through that progression and you say, wow, look what God did. But you don't look at all the things that David did through his life that built up towards that. Mm -hmm. And so inside your group, what we just encourage you to do is do something fairly simple, You know, whether it's something for an individual, and we always encourage them to be able to say, you put that out to them. It's kind of like when you're parenting, you go, well, what time do you think you should be home? And then you then you course correct and say, you know, three in the morning sounds really cool, but for today, it's going to be 11 o'clock because it's a school night. Uh, but it's the same way is that in your group, put it out, you know, what what spiritual step do you want to do? And let them mm-hmm. kind of figure it out. And you, just, you know, you always want to say, what could I do easily within a couple days, but we'll give you 30 days to do it. And that's what I love about Saddleback and the tools that we put out for our discipleship to be very doable. And that is, is that, you know, it, they are simple, but you do something simple long enough and you start to say, wow, God, you're, you're speaking to me. I mean, that's why I love drive time. I mean, reading's hard for me, but what's easy for me is just saying, whether I'm getting ready in the morning or whether I'm driving, uh, you know, to work, I can listen to right. a piece of God's word, yeah, and and have a, right. have a have a daily time in God's word. So, and I think what what you're highlighting too is when you when you do something simple, but you keep repeating it again and again and again, then it becomes habit. Yes, right? right. And and habit, whether it be the habit of how we eat, or even the habit of how we engage God around these dis- these spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. or uh, the things we do, that starts to become character shaping. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, it, and, it, and, it, and the Holy Spirit's able to give nuggets to you that, that say, okay, this is for my day. This is, this is going to help me. I mean, I was visiting my father-in-law, and um, uh, I stayed up at the hospital. This was just yesterday, and, you know, uh, and I wanted to go to church. Now, the, obviously, I wanted to go. Easy, easy thing for me to go, hey, I'll watch it online. I'll go into the room. And I thought, you know, they're having a service upstairs, 
And so I just forced myself to walk into the room. Uh, and I was like going, you know, and there's a couple people there and, you know, it was, you know, you know, a pastor, you know, that was the chaplain, you know, bringing the word, but wouldn't you know, God's word spoke to me hmm. and and I had to go up to the guy afterwards and just, I didn't tell him who I was, but I just said, I just want to let you know, I didn't come in here, you know, excited, hmm. but because the discipline brought me in there. Right. God's spirit was able to to speak to me. And I was just like, going, I needed that. So I just said, thank mm-hmm. thanks. There was 12 of us there. I mean, once the latecomers came, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, when it started, it was like By the halfway the, point. Yeah. all of the six of us. So, you know, yeah. right there, but it was just a cool little thing that, you know, it's, it, it's those disciplines that will help you make it in the long run because God wants to slow you down to, to speak into your life. And that's why community is so important because, mm-hmm. you know, it, they, it's that, self-check of being able to say, you know, how are you really doing? Right. Yeah. What do you want to do with your life? Right. That That's the power of the team, right? Yeah. It's where how God captures our heart and you look at who are we spending our time with, the team, and how are we spending our time? And that's the, you know, the idea of how we time and the word or in prayer. Mm And I'm also thinking about our treasure, but, and all of that comes to bear in our group because those they're, they're all speaking into us. They're helping to shape us. They're helping to remind us about those habits you know, yeah. things like drive time devotions where you say like, you know, encouraging people in your group to check that out, get on Daily Hope, you know, sign up for the message action plan email. Like those kinds of things are done so much easier when you have people encouraging you and coming alongside of you and walking with you. And, and also when you tell them, you know, I, I find that whenever I tell people something that I'm going to do it, that boy, my accountability is just, you know, so much stronger yeah. because I'm saying, I'm going to give you a little window into something I am working on in my heart. Yeah. And whether they ask me or not, I find out I am more apt to do it and say, you know, this is this is what I'm trying to do. Oh yeah. And it, just the fact that you said it out loud yeah. to somebody else gives you accountability even if they never turn around and bust you for not doing yeah. it or anything like that. Yeah. And it's funny too cuz a lot of these things happen, you know, uh, true some of it, a lot of it happens in the formal time of your group, you know, you mm-hmm. do your curriculum, you're doing some discussions, you're trying to figure out the application. But I find so much of it happens in the informal time when we're with our group people is this, you know, whether you're talking or and because I'm an auditory learner, when I can process with people, you know, that's how I learn best. But I yeah. I love that you brought up, you know, daily hope. You know, that was another, it's a written, it's you know, a written form that you got to read, but it's, it's one of those things you got to find out what's, what's your mojo, what works best mm-hmm. with you and trying to figure out these things, because the community is there is only as effective as you're engaging with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and people say, you know, Hey, my group isn't, you know, doing what I thought I go, are you leading? Are you taking that step? So part of it is it's what you make out of it. And hopefully mm-hmm. since they're your friends, you know, you want to do this for the long haul and, you know, make application happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think let's uh, let's talk about some ways that people can get started on this in the near, near future. Saddleback, as you were saying, makes it so easy for people to get plugged into community. And we want to make yeah. sure that anyone listening or watching today yeah. has, has easy, Absolutely. clear opportunities to do that. We could go on and on with this, and I, I smell future episodes coming. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's give some, some real clear steps. The first one is... Um, I know when I talk with people on the patio and mm-hmm. they say, you know, I'm pretty new to Saddleback, the first question I ask them is, are you in a group? Yeah. And I want to know that early on. Yeah. And if they tell me, you know, I've, I've been coming for a long time, but I'm not in a group yet. I, I always tell them, you're not really experiencing Saddleback yeah. if you're not in a group yet. You're not really experiencing all that you can really enjoy here at mm-hmm. Saddleback. And so let's talk about uh, next steps for them. If they want to 
uh, start a group or join a group, how easy is that to do? And how do you recommend they do that? Yeah. I mean, one of the things is, I mean, you just ask yourself, do you have two friends? Yeah. Uh, if you have two friends, you can start a group. And, and if you say, don't, Rick will buy them for you. Yeah, that's yeah, true. He, that. <laughs> he has said that. And we've coached Has him. he ever made good on that? <laughs> don't, don't say that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I went up to him and said, $3,000, please. <laughs> My friends are not cheap. I want top-notch friends. <laughs> yeah, really. I want real good friends that we can go out to eat with. Um, but yeah, so seriously, if you if you have two friends, because the thing we want to do is is not give you new friends you have to meet, but we want you to help you take existing friendships and have purpose behind them. And so we have a a, a starter kit. You know, as soon as you want to, if you want to jump in, uh, yet yeah, we, we looks just, like this. We just happen to have one there <laughs> so that you can be better together. But you know, just in the start, it's simple. It, you know, it's uh it's a book that I wrote for each group member so that they can take it a little bit deeper uh and understand how to lead the group. But also it's, it starts you off with Rick's he has a two week curriculum. So just two weeks, yeah. uh, just a two week curriculum to help you understand the the value of community and how Im- important that is. Yeah. So I mean, if you have two friends and you want to engage on that, that that's the ideal. Mm. But then if you can't, you know, every one of our campuses is here to serve you the best way possible. Mm. And so we have means that you know centrally on the campuses or you know uh, helping you get into other small groups that we will help get you plugged into a group. So yeah. don't let anything stand in your way, but if you have two friends that come immediately to your mind, boom, you know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll give you stuff and get you going. But uh, but if you're like going, I'm a little bit more reserved or I'm at a zone where I'm new to Saddleback Valley or new to my campus area or I'm new to Hong Kong or, you know, wherever it's at, wherever your campus is at, you know, understand that we're, we're here to help you out with that. And we even have groups that are virtual. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, I don't care where you're at on the planet. If you've yeah. got Wi-Fi, we can get you into a group. So yeah. there's no you know, one of those three ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're no not excuse. outside. You're not outside. South it's very boundaries. doable to get into a group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we have groups that literally probably meet. You know, with all of our campuses around the globe, they're meeting all the time. So yeah, yeah. the sun never sets on the yes. group, yeah. group. Probably. That that is true. Yeah, you don't just give people easy ways to start a group or to get into a group, but you also equip that group for the long haul. And we do that through mysaddleback.com. Um, so I think one thing we want to make sure of is anybody who's listening, make sure you register with mysaddleback.com so you can yeah. access resources, uh, new curriculums, um, give us updates on what's going on with your group. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's Netflix meets uh, chalkboard or training or yeah. uh, you know meets you know you know our blog post and things like that. Mm. But yeah, my saddleback was created just for you so that you know you can you can take things and make it doable. So if you're in your small group and you want to take one of the purposes deeper, we'll give you ideas on that. We'll give you there is you know it is all plug and play to help you do it in the most doable way possible. Yeah. And you can always you can always connect with a pastor too, which is I think I, another thing I love about our small group ministry is that there's always somebody that can back you up if you feel like you're in a corner, you don't know where to go next. You can always access somebody. You know, and I would take it one step further. I, I mean, uh, my cell number is 949-836-6052. I mean, seriously. If you, I'm not editing it, that out. Uh, you just committed. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll commit to Saddleback people. I'll commit anything. But seriously, you know, all I do ask is that you remember the time zone. So if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're in yeah. Hong Kong or you know at the yeah. Philippines campus or yeah. you're born in Buenos Aires, just remember the time zone. Because I'll be your 2 a.m. buddy, but my wife won't. So uh, you know, don't do it. But but seriously, if somebody is stuck, 
we want to help you out and in, in any way possible. So I, I mean, you know, if, if nothing else is going your way and you can't, you can't, it doesn't work, you know, call me up. I'll, I may not be able to answer everything, but I can put you in touch with all the right people that yeah. can be there. So we yeah. want to make sure we can serve you. Yeah. And if you're, if you're listening and you are already a part of a group, maybe you've been in a group for a long time, you're leading that group and you're pretty well established. So you don't, you know, you don't have a small group starter kit. Check out Leading Small Groups with Purpose. This is one mm-hmm. that you've got to have. This, this is going to help great. you to uh, to really figure out what it means to be intentional with your group and to uh, really see that all five purposes are playing out within the context of your group. Well, not, not only that, but in each one of the, not only do we explain it, but we give you crawl, walk, run yeah. ideas yep. on how your group can do fellowship, right. on how it can do mm-hmm. discipleship. So there's like 250 ideas mm-hmm. that your group can do in there that are crawl, walk, run on each one of the five purposes. So, you know, again, hopefully it's a practical deal. The other thing that's cool for groups that we let them know is it's indexed in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. So if you have a talkative person and you got to go, oh, what do I do? Then you can look in the back of the book or you have someone that yeah. needs care or whatever the situation is, things are indexed in the back of the book so it can be more of a resource. It's a field guide almost, yeah. Yeah, or it could be that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it really is. A great, it's a great resource. I really suggest everybody take a look at it. If you're in a group, take a look at this book because it, yeah. like Steve said, the ideas are doable. There, there's crawl, walk, run, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we just want to get things. We just want to get you in motion. You know, uh, again, you know, I won't say who says it, but RW. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's easier to steer the car when it's in motion. So again, yeah. in, in doable discipleship, if you just take a step, any step, in your group, in your community, any, if you just move forward in any way possible. Yeah. The Holy Spirit and the community around you will help steer that vehicle so that you know you can be together. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. true. All right, Rob, how about class? Finish on that one. Yeah, so important step, um, very doable. Class 101. If, you, if you've not taken class mm. 101, you got to get into class 101 and learn about what Saddleback's history, learn about the values of our church, learn about what it means to be in part of a purpose-driven church and be living out a purpose-driven life. You're gonna, we have our amazing Saddleback pastors uh, that'll walk you through that. Class 101 is offered at every month, at every campus, I yeah. believe now. Yeah. So um, that's very doable. It's every mm. month. It's always coming around. So, yeah. And then Class 201, we encourage you to take that next step of well. If you've already be- taken Class 101, become a member. Um, that reminds me of membership. Hey, if you haven't been baptized, that's... That's that's the next doable step right there. Yeah. Get baptized. Yeah. Uh, take that step. Your group can baptize you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and I think that's an, a, an awesome thing that pe- a lot of people don't realize that your group can do that. Just want to your group can do communion. Quick. Your group can do baptism. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, if you just call um, uh, the uh, the membership team, uh, we can help you with baptism at at any place at any time. Mm-hmm. We'd love for your group leader to be able to baptize you. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a great opportunity. And of course, you know, we just want to make sure you understand what you're doing and all that. But, you know, again, if you got a, you've got a pool, you got a jacuzzi that's heated, you got a bathtub, you got a soaking tub, uh, you got any tub, you got a bucket, you know, (laughs) we'll make it work. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's a big bucket, but you know. And then class 201, encourage you to take that as well. Again, class 201, we're talking about the habits. And one of those habits is being in group, being Mm -hmm. in fellowship with other, having that team around you. Of course, you're going to learn some of the other habits that are foundational for growing in Christ, being in the word and praying and giving and tithing back to the church. But that idea of having a team around you of uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to help grow you, 
guys, that is shaping. If you want to, if you want to grow in Christ, you've got to be growing in fellowship and connection with others. It's exactly what Jesus did to begin with, right? Yeah. It's exactly where we started, the beginning of the show. As a matter yeah. of fact, in your show notes, uh, there's a clip from Rick uh, that he did a couple Easter's ago, and very succinctly, just walk through. It's only about a two minute clip, but it just walks you through why his small group was so important, mm. and you know, and why it's important for you. Uh, for each one of us here at Saddleback to have a, a group around us. That's great. Yep. yep. Steve, thanks so much for coming. This great to be a, here, man. It's pleasure. Such good stuff. All right, man. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. See thanks. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.